Welcome back, guys. Uh, we're doing the first update episode ever, and uh, who better to start it with, with the team behind Soon Labs. Uh, they've done some great work uh, within the ecosystem lately, uh, but I'm sure we've only seen the beginning of it. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hey, how's it going, Thomas? Thanks, Welcome. Hey, Thank you. Thomas. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. For getting us here. Yeah. It'll be interesting with so many people on one channel, so hopefully we'll be able to, um, to not talk on top of each other like for an entire hour. But I think uh, it did very well last time, so we should be good this one as well. Um, so let's just dive right into it. We have a lot of questions to go through. I uh, bet the, the ones listening is very interesting to see what, what's new and what's coming. Um, so first of all, how do you plan to expand the uh, soon committee? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. It's something that we've already done, um, as you can see, um, thanks to having Ben on board. You know, we're always looking to um, sort of take a look at the contributors within the community and invite them onto the board. Um, you know, we are, we're right now recruiting for um, at least one, maybe two additional members to expand the student committee. Um, and then the, that, that will be sort of our, our starting cluster. And then from there, uh, we'll be building out, uh, you know, all of the three committees. And then we'll be, um, you know, that, and that is, I'm sorry, I have my dog barking in the background. Um, <laughs> but, okay. uh, so what we'll, we'll that that's going to be our starting place and then from there we'll be actually looking to the community and then asking them to vote um to elect members uh once the organization matures um but that would that will be our starting place just to make sure that we have this infrastructure necessary to build the organization mm. is there anything else you guys want to add to that yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I, I think we, we have yeah. to distinguish between like the Fab 500 and the Soon Committee because like the Fab 500 consists of uh, builders that build like modules or features for Sooniverse and the committee uh, also does that but also makes like the decisions in which direction Sooniverse uh, should go. I think that's a great comment, right? Exactly, mm. because you know, yeah. really the committee, committee helps set the the overall direction um, and, and it's the fat 500 that's going to help build build out the product itself so it's really the the DAO builders the creators the developers and that is going to be a big part of our strategy moving forward is to build out that that group yeah mm. yeah i was going to say that the way i like to frame it is that the committee members we're starting out with you know a core committee that's going to grow and then over time that will split up into multiple different committees. And that's slightly different than the Fab 500 where that includes everybody who's a part of any service module. So you could have you know a single committee that's just for adding new service modules onto the core functionality of the Sooniverse. Everyone who is a part of developing that service module is part of the Fab 500, but the committee members themselves are in charge of you know picking service modules. So I'd say that's a good distinction. Mm. Yeah. And and how do you plan to manage like decisions and like will the uh, token holders come in and vote do you decide like the type of uh, voting we've seen in Firefly lately? Yeah, so yeah, I think the type of Firefly yeah. you see in oh yeah, sorry Adam, but I was just going to say the type of voting that you see in Firefly will determine who is on the committees 
And then the committee members make all of the minor decisions because every single decision that we need to make around here and as it grows, all of those decisions will compound on top of each other. So you don't want token holders voting on every single decision. You'll get, you know, voter apathy at some point. But what they can do is every three to six months, use their soon tokens as voting shares to vote in specific committee members that they believe will best represent them. Okay. Um, well, what's the the entity status of Sooniverse right now? Yeah, so I think that's what I wanted to expand on. It was, I think just, just to also mention when it comes to a new committee member, I think one thing is uh, someone that's from the community that is engaged, but someone that also helps us to, you know, connect with other communities outside of our IOTA bubble. I think that that's where I would see um, that's that's what I'm looking in a new soon committee that will come and join us will really help us to bridge into the other ecosystems because that's you know it's something we you know we kind of desperately need right so that's that's one of one of the key criteria for me when we're looking for a new soon committee member um and the the other thing that I wanted to add is um, you know as Andrew mentioned around the and, and the voting um we will have all the on voting happening on chain. Those we will, the voting will be used to decide who, who is on the Zoom committee, and those Zoom committee members will be there for a period of time. And what we will be working on is working on a constitution, and this constitution will be uh, legally formalized and to, to, to define that this Zoom committee is actually controlling the, the legal entity. Uh, the legal entity soon labs that, that exists in the US. So I think that's really important that 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 soon committee will actually have a legal control over that over the entity. Yeah. Um, you guys had a very successful um, NFT sale and um, congratulations for that. Uh, you probably have the record still, I would imagine. You know, yeah, I think we're really, yeah, we're really excited that we're able to, um, to sell out the way we did. Um, I believe it's 15,000 units completely sold out. Um, and this is uh, really a, a lot of this has to do with the work Ben did. Um, while, while we sort of fed it through the promotional mas machine, the overall concept, the idea, the NF3, the art itself is really his brainchild. So it was uh, it is a really brilliant piece of work. So it's a great way to launch the product for sure. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ben, you're doing a tremendous job uh, creating those pictures. A, a round of applause to, to you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, but mate. You're, uh, you're welcome, mate. Um, but you did acquire quite a lot of uh, tokens. I cannot remember the, the exact number, but um, a good bag for the average specker. Um, but where are these funds going and how has been it's been spent so far? Well, you know, one thing I really want to emphasize uh, as we're getting to the point where you know, we've given out and distributed a significant number of tokens to the community, um, you know, and, and we're going to give out more. I mean, if you if you read the paper, 10% uh, of the token supply is going to go to NF3 holders. And the reason it was designed that way was that we wanted to reward and engage the current community. So the OG community, right, uh, that that's in and engaged around iota right now because we know that when shimmer comes in that's going to change the math 
because so many new people are going to be coming to the community. So we really want to make sure that we're engaging, rewarding the community we came out of, the community that's supporting us, and the people that got us to where we are. So I really need to emphasize that. But beyond that, we're not done with the NF3. There's so much more coming uh, that we're still planning out. Uh, you know, the platform is still growing. It's still evolving. So we, we are still trying to figure out exactly what the best places are and to build out the functionality based on the the pivots and changes that we've had to make. But the NS3 is still a program that we feel very, that, that is near and dear to our hearts. So I really need to emphasize that uh, first and foremost. In terms of spending, and I think the other guys can speak to this uh, as well as as well as I can. I think people need to remember that um, the, the overall value of our tokens, uh, we, did not we did not get the tokens and instantly sell them, right? That wasn't the whole point. That was not the point of doing the fundraise. Um, so we unfortunately bore the brunt of the market crash, um, not just once, uh, but twice um, in terms of our token raise as well as our NFT raise. So I, I think a lot of people like to um, bat around these uh, these really gigantic numbers in terms of what we were able to raise. And uh, without remembering or realizing that the entire time we were fundraising with both of those instruments, they were falling in value. So the exact price of that, um, you know, one, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna disclose exactly what that number was, but I will tell you that that number was falling, um, uh, falling quite dramatically um, mm. during that yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Adam. I think, yeah, no, I think people need to understand there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different costs that comes comes into running a business. You know, when we uh, we have certain responsibilities, we are a legal entity, right? Um, and running uh, the cost is not just paying developers, right? The cost is paying our development. The cost is paying our legal, which is substantial in this space because you know we are pivoting into a lot of new areas. Cost is taxes that we have to pay based on what we have sold, not based on what we have actually converted the actual tokens into if you if you look into how um, how taxing works uh, in crypto it's really it's very unfriendly unfortunately because you end up being taxed on 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 the amount that you have received at the day at the day when the nft was sold you actually not being taxed on what what, what was the end dollar value when you convert those tokens uh, in many jurisdictions, which particularly for us is interesting in US and Canada. So, the, so the, the, there are a lot of various costs that we have to cover. And, and I think what is important is that we were able to pivot. We were able to find a way to continue to sustain through two major crypto crashes and we keep moving forward. We keep delivering, yeah. right? I think what I like to say is I've been impressed with how frugal we've been and how intelligent we've been you know, outside of having to absorb those two uh, two declines with the the money that we we have, so and kudos to to our some of our team members for being very innovative and, and doing some stuff to to make sure that we can do the work that we need to to keep innovating and keep uh, keep adding all of the functionality to to this universe. I mean, and, I, and I, what if I, I can add on that, add, um, so just go ahead. I just want to finish no, this no, bit that. When it comes to our finances, what is important is we forecast and plan, right? Right now, you know, right now we are in a bear market. We don't know how long that bear market will will go for, right? 
Um, and the bear market didn't cause just a decrease in a token value, but it has decreased uh, decreased the activity in the network as well. And the LDNs we can sell to, right? Or we can, you know, we can get excited uh, and use our platform. That that happened to everyone, and that that has significant implications to us, to the token price, and everything else, right? And I think this is where it's important. And when it comes to our finance, we actually plan ahead. You know, we we, we plan our finances so we can keep running this project. Um, you know, for for years to come, so we don't. Uh, you know, there are there isn't suddenly a stop and this project goes down and it's shut down in, in the next month. So that's how you also have to look at the finance as well. What is you know, uh, in terms of a runway. Um, yeah, and, and we Adam, are that, able that, to keep doing that. Yeah, Adam, and that's where I I really wanted to comment on um, how much people are underestimating the importance of the pivot we made. Um, Adam, especially because he was hiring so many employees at the time, um, because we're talking about the NFT sale and the NFT sale was when we were being extremely aggressive about how we were going to scale the platform. Um, and a Adam was building a top-notch team, um, like superstars, right? Uh, smart contract experts, you know, developers, and we were going to sprint, uh, towards our goal of the platform. Everyone saw the roadmap we had, we were aligning our resources to accomplish and uh, check off every mark on that roadmap this year. We were on pace to do so, um, you know, provided of course that the Ada Foundation was gonna keep up with their roadmap. We built out something that we we're gonna be able to run parallel with that development schedule and achieve all of our goals. Um, but what, yeah. so we, we, scaled, we scaled the operations to that point. Uh, so. We, when evaluating what was going to come next as the market started to crash, we did have to make some really hard decisions. And that is exactly how we also created um, the, the ask for the token. Um, and some people say that the, the, um, the ask for the token was too high, but really what we were doing was scaling it based on evaluation, which was based on what we thought we would be able to deliver at the end of year one. So ultimately, um, all those things sort of tied together, but Adam was able to make really a, a very a, a very smart and, and informed decision about how to scale his team down. Um, he made some really hard decisions, had to fire some people that, that you know, all of us who's ever managed teams knows how difficult that is. Um, all of us had to make those types of really hard decisions, but his area was impacted most and most dramatically, um, but by doing so, he was able to focus his team on uh, the more sort of the profit centers that was going to keep the the platform itself viable um, for an extended period of time, even through a bear market like this. Uh, so while you see other projects um, shutting down, um, you know, going quiet, you can tell that there's no development happening, that there there's uh, no activity we've been able to stay vibrant and now ready yeah. to launch something very um, exciting with Shimmer to re represent the, the feature set of Shimmer to really help the, the community and the platform as a whole because of those choices. So I really think that we need to emphasize that. Mm. I think it's, it's, it's you know, you, you kind of forget about this, right? It's been, it feels like it has been ages ago. Um, but um, it, I think the toughest thing for us was that after the NFT sale, we saw a huge opportunity to scale 
uh, we knew that, you know, we were kind of expecting the EVM is going to go live towards the end of June. Um, there'd be all these things happening. Um, and then, you know, let's, let's scale up, let's, let's get ready for it. Let's, let's start delivering, uh, you know, all those things that we wanted. Um, so, you know, I, I, I went with my team in, uh, you know, hundred percent ahead. We, we started recruiting, we were doing a, a lot of recruitment strategy and all that is costly as well. Right. And then suddenly the, the suddenly we had the market crashing down. Uh, we had, uh, we had certain delays and then we had to start pivot into what we think will really work for us. And I, and as even any other startup, you have to be ready to pivot, right? You have to be ready to change your strategy, to survive, to grow and to find your profit centers. So I think, yeah, um, I think the decisions we made were based on what we had was uh, very good. And I'm, I'm glad we, we, are, we are sitting here right now and <laughs> have everything ready on to be launched on Chimera. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, well, it's a lot of fair reasons. I totally see the uh, understand the the direction that you guys had to take, uh, especially considering the um, situation where everybody is in right now. Because it it's difficult for for many projects to survive through through like the condition that the the entire world is facing right now. Um, but one more thing, um, what is the strategy uh, when it comes to your focus on layer one? I think I think more. I'm- you know, especially during May and June, I think we started to see more and more opportunity and a competitive advantage of going towards the layer one in a very sort of a simple, to give you a simple answer. I I think personally, we I felt there were, there were much more opportunities, opportunities for us, especially long-term to focus on the layer one. It will just give us more opportunities. And we haven't even seen so many projects really, we have seen a lot of, projects interested in an EVM, but not many of them really developing or launching, right? And there has been also a lot of delays uh, from an EVM perspective. And I understand how complex it is. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to blame IF. I understand what they're trying to do is super complex. Um, but when we, when we looked at uh, layer one, when we looked at what Shimmer can do, and where they have certain st- I think I'm quite positive that the layer one smart contracts will come. It it just felt right for us to focus on the layer one and keep embracing it because the competitive advantage we get compared to the other chains on layer two is massive, right? So uh, we we refocus, we focus on layer one, we keep innovating and moving all the functionality that we have in Sunaverse to layer one, which um uh, but when shimmer launch will be all the nft functionality all the token functionality will be on shimmer uh and within probably two to three weeks we will move all the award functionality on shimmer as well and i think the only part that will be remaining will be the voting which we are working with a hornet team on i mean i mean we would like to reuse the participation plugin that they have developed if we can um and then eventually slowly start moving some of the other functionality especially how we need to hold some of the uh, tokens in custody to the layer one through, uh, you know, once the, once the smart contract infrastructure uh, it's ready there, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive it will happen. It it just makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And by the time this thing airs, you'll you'll probably will probably be really close to if not have already deployed um, awards on on L one. 
you know, so, so I think that's really an exciting development. And if I could just add one thing to what Adam is saying there, is there is a, a level of discovery that has yet to occur on L1, right? Like right now, EVM, and especially the move to EVM for us is kind of like a catch up, right? For the community itself. Like we're all catching up to what the space has already done. So it's a very kind of defined um, uh, area because uh, there's every protocol has an EVM, right? I mean, not every, but so many, right? Like we'll be competing with other protocols in their EVM across the board. So there isn't really a lot of um, as much uh, competitive advantage there because this is a defined space, if you will. So there's a, a area of discovery when it comes to L1 that we have yet to venture into because smart, we don't know what it, but we don't know what's going to come from a fee-less, secure smart contract on L1. So when those types of those types of innovations start coming out of the IOTA Foundation and and their work with the Suniverse, there are some opportunities there that we can't define immediately right now, but understanding that this is uncharted territory and that by going into these these new waters we have a greater potential of discovering things that um, the space has yet to see right and that's the whole point right of building out a protocol yeah. of this kind is to is to find new business models new opportunities things that you could not do without the um the uh, again the the feeless secure uh scalable uh, uh, L1, L1, um, which only IOTA is providing. Yeah, I mean, mm. you know, I've been, I've been in software for over 15 years and a lot of, lot of, lot of my time I spent in an enterprise space. But I think that the challenge you have um, is what we see with EVM is a lot of, and I don't try to come out negatively by saying this. And I mean, I think there is a huge space for the EVM, but what you see a lot of, a lot of projects, they are just simply porting. You know, projects that were developed on one EVM, putting it to our EVM. Uh, I mean, I mean, IOTA, IOTA EVM, and they will kind of bring a lot of those limitations they have there. They bring them here because you, 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 you're just porting that same software, right? And maybe you will have a, you know less cost uh, in running it, you know, less cost fees, and uh, but they probably wouldn't do some significant rearchitecture of those solutions. Um, you kind of have to, uh, you, you know, you can't go. You, you don't really take a finished solution and, and then suddenly change its whole architecture. That's not how the software development works, right? You typically start, you typically do it the other way. You start from the ground and you go up, right? Re-architecturing re re the software. And I hope I'm making sense what I'm trying to say here. Um, so I, I I think it would be great for to have the activity and, uh, you know, EVM hits its, its place, but I don't think it will, um, it will be the, uh, the uh, the innovative space that what we can get through uh, layer one. Um. So so what what's your what do you think that your your play in EVM will be and uh, like where do you see EVM and layer two long term? I think it's important to remember that the layer one, you know, will not be. Uh, it, you might not be able to do everything on layer one. You know, it might be a limited. Uh, might have just a very simple limited scripting functionality. Uh, so you're going to have to look at it some, as, as layers, right? You will have certain things on layer one and uh, certain things on the layer two, and they will be integrated together, right? We, um, and you can already, you know, uh, see that happening. Um, 
with uh, with what's being delivered in Shimmer. So I think what we would see is we would see a lot of um, teams, and we actually already have some of those bu building service modules for us that might be that that will be on layer two, but we'll be coordinating and working with uh, our layer one solutions, right? Or we might also start coming up with new functionality that we won't want to actually deliver on layer two because the layer one would not support that. And that's yet to be discovered. But it, it's it's really about, you have to really look at it from that perspective where you really want to try to bring a lot of functionality on layer one, but some, some of those functionalities might not be possible and you move them on layer two. And that's where I think the layer two can be powerful. But going purely just layer two, um, I don't see as ideal. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess I can add on there. When it comes to the Sooniverse and the Shimmer EVM, we are taking the approach of, you know, obviously we talk about the L1 a lot, but our service modules that are extensions of the core functionality of the Sooniverse, a lot of them are living on the Shiver EVM. So you have all these assets on here. And, you know, you need the ability to manage them in unique ways. Like that's what decentralized finance is. Finance is just the way you manage your money. And so there's all that tooling in, you know, to lending, borrowing, swapping assets, unique uh, fixed income instruments, stuff like that, that has already been built on the Ethereum virtual machine that will be available on the Shimmery VM. So you have all this cool stuff that you can do on the L1. And then you can bring it up to the Shimmer EVM where you can, as you're growing like your assets, you have unique abilities to manage them. And so we'll have lots of service modules that can do that type of thing mm. all through the Sooniverse UI. Nice. Um, I'll just jump right into the next question. Uh, this is a bunch of good list we have to uh, soldier through. Um, one thing that I've been a little bit curious about, right? is even though that Sooniverse hasn't been alive for like a very long time and that it is kind of reserved within the IOTA bubble, uh, I just checked it out, you already have 130,000 NFTs uh, divided on 1,320 1, collections, which is pretty impressive um, like when you look at the time and like knowing it's within the sort of the IOTA bubble uh, but it also kind of shows how many active people we have in the community that it actually does more than like and retweet. But knowing that, um, what kind of limitations and functionalities that you can compare to like regular exchanges, like to, in order to get in liquidity into your exchange and get the token to grow and like the ecosystem to grow? Uh, just to clarify, we have 450,000 NFTs on our platform. Um, um, oh wow! Ninety thousand of ninety thousand of them were sold, and they are owned by someone. Um, and I, I don't want to. I think this is quite important. I want to say this because you know when we launched the NFT, <laughs> a lot of people will say, "Well, you know, this is very centralized. What are you doing? What are you doing?" But what we have achieved with this, we are about to launch Shimmer, and we have ninety thousand NFTs that can be ported into Shimmer to create amazing utility. I, I really want to state out the obvious. Because I think this this is a great achievement what we did here. We can immediately inject this liquidity uh, into the shimmer, um, and I think it's 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 really good for us. Um, when it comes to a token like token liquidity on our exchange, 
you know, it, there, there are numerous challenges. Of course, one challenge is the size of our ecosystem right now. It's it's not it doesn't it's not that big that it creates a lot of liquidity per per, per different token pairs. Um, so as the, as the ecosystem grows, I would see that will improve. Uh, but secondly, we are also talking talking to various um, you know market makers that could provide that service on our exchange. Um, as well as we are, uh, we want to build potentially so some simple integration into some existing trading bots. So those trading bots can be used by um, by the um, by the token token creators to create liquidity for the token for the token pairs. Ah, uh, so I saw a rumor um, that you will release a native token and like native token trading. Uh, could you explain what that means? Yeah, so we we've been working on how we can enable uh, not just trading between uh, Shimmer token and uh, native tokens, but also how we can enable trading between native token to native to the other native token. It has some challenges around the storage fee, but I think we have figured out how to do it. Um, and what it, what it will allow us to do, it will allow us to bring in a soon token pair. Um, so all the tokens that will, that will, that will launch, uh, on our exchange, um, there wouldn't be just, you know, shimmer and the native token pairs, but they will also be soon and the native token pair. And then I think that is amazing for, um, for soon token, but as well as for all those projects, because we have done a lot of airdrops, there's a large user base that owns uh, Sun tokens um, and they will be able to utilize these Sun tokens to, um, you know, to buy all these various native tokens that exists on Shimmer. Mm, that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm not too like uh, experienced within, within that type of space, but like what type of awards would that be? Oh, so the awards are a bit separate, right? The awards it's, um, so this is, this, this is around the, our exchange. Um, we, um, we also have, you know, award functionality that has been used quite a, uh, quite a lot in our system, uh, in Sooniverse for rewarding your, com uh, your community members, right? So you run your community, you run your DAO and you want to reward your community with, uh, with badges and XP. So what we, what we are doing is we are transitioning that, uh, that whole award reward system to be native on Shimmer. So um, when, uh, you know, you, you can create uh, tasks or uh, bounties under your space, those are those awards, and, and then you reward those people uh, as they complete those tasks with a badge and your native token on Shimmer. Uh, and so it will no longer be just a, you know, like right now it was just an XP, which is this artificial number in our, in our system, but it will actually be a, a native token on Shimmer. So this really allows a lot of communities to uh, to distribute their uh, token to to their to their members to their communities for the task of, or help they do on the project or for their contribution. Oh, yeah. So like I can set up an uh, an award for whoever brings the champagne to 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 the Munoka party and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's, exactly. That's Exactly, and and then you know, and then it will forever be in the in the system, showing look, you know, they have got this amount of token for doing this task, and they will see in the Firefly they receive your native token. We also and and part of that will be also a key function where you can time lock, um, you can time lock it. What it means is that 
you give him that you give him that badge that he brought the champagne, right? Mm. And then you give him ten of your tokens, but he will you can time lock it, so he will not be able, he will have it in his ownership in his far far wallet, but he will not be able to let's say use it for another six months. Oh. Um, so you can kind of allow them just simply dumping everything you give them right away as well. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like it. Um, staking. Uh, that's been it's quite a lot of talk around staking after we finally were able to do with our IOTA tokens. Um, will it be able to stake soon tokens as well? <laughs> Looks like I'm going to be kind of answering here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think Tangle Accounting came up with some, we came up with really good tokenomics that really works works for us and we really want to deploy it and have it um have it finally functioning so um there, there are two components that we want to uh, we want to bring in and uh the, i will just talk about the first one which is the key one we will, under each space we want to allow an ability to um, to stake stake a token on a staking item so you can see so, so don't think about just universe but you think about a space each space can create uh, these staking items, um, and then people can stake native token on Shimmer against that item and lock it for a period of time. And when they when they do that, then they can yield different benefits, right? Uh, that's the functionality we bring into Sunovers. So for for in our case, um, that means that we will have a staking item. You know, they receive a portion of fees that we have collected on our uh, on our exchange, and we would look at these staking items. We would look at how much there is currently staked by various people, and um, and then we distribute them to the universe fee. Hmm. the The really cool, the really cool fee of sorry, fee, <laughs> really cool feature about this is that when they stake the token. Uh, we would not hold that token. They will not hold the custody. We actually send it back to their wallet, but they lock it so they can't use it for a period of time, right? So, mm. so that means is that we don't control their funds. We actually just uh, kind of locking those funds for a period of time on, you know, on the ledger, and for the period of time they they say, yeah, I am happy to stake it. Let's say you know for one day, one week, and so on. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that, yeah, if I can just add one thing that, that that is the realization of the SPDR model that um, that Andrew created. And I think that's really important here because it's the realization of what was in our um, our white paper and documentation now. And, and the second point that Adam made that I want to loop back on is everything that we enable for soon is also available to any token that is minted on this universe. So what we're doing is creating platform features, not token features, right? It's not like we're creating something just holding it to ourselves. We're, we're, we're literally yeah. creating sort of distributed services that everyone can use because that is our goal it to be, a, you know, or not go, our, our, is what we're realizing is uh, being a decentralized organization. Um, that, that's really sort of a, a critical piece in this puzzle and speaks to our overall strategy 
and how we approach any type of development. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. So glad, I'm so glad you highlighted this because um, that's why, you know, that's why we're delivering it as two separate things. One thing is, you know, the, the really the functionality under the space for, for support or for staking support, right? And then the separate functionality, which is just specific to us, is how we, you know, deliver these as PDR back, uh, back to the community. That's a separate thing to it. And it, it, what, what is really cool about it as well is if people use our Sunavas library, which is, you know, out there open source, they can very easily just, in, uh, you know, integrate this staking with their project. And we can simplify a bunch of functionality for them that they don't have to develop it themselves and they can just, you know, reuse what we have already done. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a wonderful feature. Um, next one. What are you guys focusing uh, regarding adoption? Or are you just more uh, like going down the road where you are, want to build new features for yourself or you are moving away from that because you kind of feel that you have achieved the, the main features that you guys wanted and now you're going for adoption? Okay, you know, Thomas, let me answer that um, by saying when we originally started, our goal was to move very, very quickly and build everything using our team, right? Mm. But we found that that was going to be a challenge. And also it was going to be too difficult to do with the resources we had. So what we're doing is we're just, we're leapfrogging forward into a feature state. This was always our plan, but we're having to do this faster where we're focusing on recruiting service modules. So when you say that we're trying to expand our audience and, and add features, we don't want to be the only people building on this universe. The Sooniverse was always supposed to be a decentralized platform, a distributed community, something that uh, it, it wasn't centralized to just our group. We just want to be one team of builders. And I, I really want to emphasize that here mm. is we're one team. And what we really want to have is 500 teams, um, you know, hence the play on words around the Fab 500 that are contributing to to this open source platform. And, and that's really the most exciting part of what we're doing. So when you want to talk about adoption, that's what it's about. We're not a single point solution. We're not just one thing, right? Anything that can be built within the Web3 space can be integrated or will eventually be able to be integrated into Sooniverse platform. That's the broader vision. So that all of these different teams, communities, um, uh, even you know, eventually different chains are gonna be able to come in and, um, and link into the Sooniverse. I mean, if you think about it, we actually already are a multi-chain platform because you can, you can interact with uh, the mainnet, the IOTA mainnet, as well as ShimmerNet, eventually assembly, you know, who else, who else knows where that's going to go, but that's the broader vision of what we're trying to do. So when you want to talk about when you want to talk about um, adoption and growing, that's our strategy is mm. to make sure that there's a feature set that can not only grow, you know, through a Cambrian explosion of applications coming into uh, the platform, but also with it, integration in between modules across the platform. I think that though there are some really important things that can happen there that are going to uh, demonstrate um, sort of new value to our, to not just web three communities, but eventually web two communities. 
um, you know, through those, through those points of integration. So I, I think that's really a, a big part of what we're trying to do and why we, we feel this is a really strong strategy in trying to break outside of the bubble. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree on that. Um, you guys already have the product. Uh, you have a good user base already. And once like everything is ready and communities from other bubbles are trying to come in, they will like straight away see, okay, here, here's like a platform. Everybody's aware of it. Everybody's using it. Um, let's just go for it. So like knowing this, um, like where would you guys see uh, yourself six to 12 months down the road, like knowing all this, what's coming? So in, in six to 12 months, um, my expectation is, and, and the expectation of the team obviously, is that we will uh, be in, in full operation of our current, um, our, our current suite of product that we'll be rolling out. So we'll have the exchange running, uh, we'll have soon listed on a centralized exchange. Um, we'll have EVM and our entire kit of EVM service modules in full operation. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that um, Andrew has been working overtime, bringing in every kind of service module and DeFi module you can imagine uh, into this universe, and those will be active and operational. Um, yeah, that we'll, we'll have completed, I think, our third uh, security audit. Uh, I don't know if we went over that, but we actually have, we actually always plan to do three um, security audits. We actually passed two of them. Um, by then, I think you'll have seen number one and two done. Um, and then we'll be on our way to working on our third module. Uh, so uh, I'll, we'll, I'll have an announcement regarding uh, the uh, the audits uh, completed by then. I, I think I just said service module, but I meant security audits. Um, you know, we'll have uh, our DAO constitution and the early build out of our um, of our DAO, and uh, and then of course the growth of our Fab Five Hundred. Uh, you know, the, so that will that's the ecosystem play. So you're going to see a lot more happening in that area over the next six to twelve months. So that you know, those are our goals. It's to really mature as a platform and an ecosystem and take advantage of the explosive growth that not just us, but Shimmer is going to experience. Because, you know, as you know, as we all know, we have been waiting for this moment for a very, very long time. Uh, most yeah. of us here, probably most of your listeners have been around since 2018, 2017, and we've been really waiting uh, for this moment. And now that it's here, we we want to take advantage of it. We want to rise to the moment and we want to, um, you know, welcome in all of the new um, audience members that will be coming in for you, uh, the new community members that will be coming in for IOTA, and then the new platform members that will be coming into the Sooniverse. So it's about taking all of that and, and materializing that into, into a substantive strategy and then uh, growing the community and trying to ach- accomplish all of our goals and our vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. So- and, you know, I just wanted to add as well, like, the amazing thing is by the end of this month, we we, we have all the NFT functionality and Shimmer functionality, oh, sorry, the NFT and uh, token functionality on Shimmer. And it's that is a production ready system, right? We have been polishing and working this system, you know, since since December, since November last year. So it's going to be almost a year of a system that's been running in production and went through some serious uh, uptick in volume. So we, uh, you know, if when we suddenly see this, uh, market recovery 
we will be able, we, we should be able to support it. Um, and I think that's really exciting. And it's really exciting once these shimmer functionalities will come on the mainnet and mainnet and, uh, you know, and it, immediately we can bring all that utility there as well. So that, that really excites me. Uh, mm, mm. Yeah. Um, we got a ton of things coming, uh, by the sound of it. And, uh, you guys have done a tremendous job, um, just delivering often like hard to keep up they say that it's hard to keep up with the iota community it's hard to keep up with you guys so as you should have like a main podcast with just about what you guys are up to but um <laughs> yeah like it's i've given up trying to read up on everything i'm just trying to follow all around but um we are going to do for the first time um something that is going to be a little bit exciting um we have four um Monica nfts holders uh, which is going to join us. And here we go, guys. Uh, we have the four NFT holders with us right now. Uh, I would like to welcome C3PO, Timson, Henry, and Anders O into the uh, to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Thomas. Hey, Thanks, Thomas. Thomas. Hi. Good evening, sir. Yeah, it's cool that you guys came. You a little bit nervous? Sure. <laughs> of course, it's a big show you've got going on. <laughs> good, 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 good. Moonaco no pressure, podcast. No pressure. <laughs> um, so um, I've asked you guys to to bring up some questions to bring to the Soon Lab guys. I'm sure they will be able to answer all the questions just as good that they were answering my questions. Uh, so we can just kick off with C3PO first. Just shoot with your questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm uh, very excited to to join here and with the team and, and to ask a couple of questions. So thank you, Thomas, right off the bat. I just want to say thank you. Um, and <laughs> the student teams, uh, just to kind of do a quick shameless plug, uh, I think that you guys really have been doing an amazing job uh, creating this platform. I don't think I owned a single NFT before um, Sooniverse. And now <laughs> I think I have uh, 27,000 about. So... <laughs> Pretty much buying them every single day. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, you guys. Okay. See, I try to stay very active, so I blame that. I blame that for on you guys. Either way, um, I think uh, it's it's just an excellent platform, fun community, incredible team. So so thanks for all the excitement so far. Um, so I can just jump right into my question. Um, it's definitely related to the community approval um, process. I'm curious. Um, just what it will look like in the future. I know, I think initially it was one of you guys, and then it was five of us going through and doing as much as we can. And I know it will be expanded eventually. So I'm curious to know how it will um, look, how you guys see um, that playing out, and if the community will play more of a role in the um, like the reviews and the the removals, even when it comes down to it. Yeah, I'll take this one. Um... Yeah, so, so the, the process that we're going to move away from the single approver um, to sort of a, a broader, more system-wide approach towards approving entities is very, very similar to how we're governing the, the platform itself, which is we're starting with a group um, who is going to help establish an overall vision and direction and then slowly roll that out to the larger community 
and allowing that to be how we decentralize the process. Because as much as we'd like to make this as distributed and decentralized as possible from day one, those types of things generally don't happen because you know, you know we're talking about including the conversations, the interests, the ideas of thousands of people, right? Right off the bat. And after Shimmer, it could be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are gonna hold the token. So, so we really have to be mindful of how we structure the system, these ideas, um, the approval processes so that it reflects the, the will of the community, if you will. So as far as NFT approval goes, it started with just me, right? Me just sort of going through and activating um, people who are trying to come into the community. I tried to do that without, uh, without uh, bias or passion, just did it based on timeline. Uh, uh, people who weren't obviously scams, but again, does a really limited filtering process in place. I expanded that role because I was becoming a bottleneck and included people like yourself, uh, uh, 58 Was, um, Isaiah, um, yeah, uh, um, Wired Dutch uh, to be the uh, be the NFT approvals of approvers, and you guys are already reaching limits in terms of what you guys can do and end up becoming a bottleneck. The next phase would be to move towards token holding. So if you're if you hold a token or if you hold an NFT, then you'll be able to post an NFT. Now, whether or not we're going to include some type of um, uh, editing mechanism in terms of who's allowed to post outside of holding a token or an NFT, you know, we haven't gotten to that point yet. But because we have a dedicated group of NFT creators, uh, NFT managers, uh, passionate community members, um, you know, I recognize all your names here, so I know you guys are a part of that. Um, you know, you guys are going to be a, a, a the first group that's going to help us define some of those roles. And once we do that, or those those features, or you know, whatever it is that we use to 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 create the platform moving forward. Because the NFT marketplace, we, we made a fee list for a reason. It's because we wanted to create a place where the creators were king, right? So where the community has an active voice. So, so we want to create those systems. Um, so we want, and we want to start with that one dedicated group and then to take that out to allow the community to vote on it so that it becomes this really collaborative effort to define how that marketplace is going to function. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. I think that that was an excellent uh, answer to the question Great. and really in lines with what I've kind of heard from the community and I think what people are hoping as well. Um, so thank you for that. The second question Great. is real. Is real oh, sorry. Did, was there somebody no. I wanted to? No, no, no. I'll, ju I'll, ju I'll just say thank you. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. The second question is related. Um, it's just, Basically, through that process, there's some things that we do go through and approve uh, or uh, validate, rather, the social media accounts, the websites, if there's any proof of work. Um, so I'm curious if there's any um, plans or vision to have some of those parts uh, automated or built into the um, platform as maybe one of those service modules or, or a tool that would be available in the future. Yeah, I think you're answering the question for us right there. Is that, you know, there is it, it's an it's an it's an open arena, if you will. You know, I use the word arena 
because there, there's going to be competition in all of these places. Uh, service modules, uh, Fab 500 team members, like everybody's going to be developing on the platform to create the best possible answer. And every solution is going to be a best of breed of those solutions, right? So that's the whole premise of the Suniverse is to build a platform rather than a singular point solution where just this team that's on this call is going to define what all the answers are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that, yeah. So that, that's the that's the goal is to create this really frothy market where the best possible answer, because we we do not have all, all the answers. Now, I really want to say this uh, emphatically, loudly, uh, you know, as strongly as I can. We do not have all the answers. Uh, in fact, we are stronger as a community when everybody has a voice. More teams bring their solutions to the table. Um, because that's where we're going to find the answers, right? So, so to define what you just asked, um, I would say we're not sure. You know, we're not sure. Uh, we have some we have some ideas, but what we want is for everyone to step up, bring their solutions to the table, and let's choose best of breed. Yeah, let's choose the best possible answer from that. I think on the on the end of the day, you you have different communities with different objectives, right? And um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Facebook, but if you look at Facebook, right? They do moderations, and they do more. And then when they look at their moderations, they would have different. When they do moderation for countries, uh, from they don't have actually people on the ground there. Um, typically, that moderation is really bad because they just don't. Understand, you know, the moderators from other countries wouldn't understand the local culture or local customs and so on. But I think from from our perspective. We, we need service modules, we need people to, to get engaged, build different verification, different level of moderation. And then we present those uh, within Suniverse so people can make their own decisions, right? Um, so we as a Suniverse shouldn't make the decision, this is the modera moderation that should be used. I think that could be very discriminatory towards a lot of other communities. Got it. I appreciate that too. And I think that it definitely makes sense. There's already programs that are focusing, or I said projects that are focused completely on the data insights and the data analytics behind um, what you guys are providing and the transactions and the um, as a service. So that's pretty exciting. So thank you. Um, I'm not sure how many questions. The I'll just ask kind of like a one more two-part question. And then if we have time at the end, I'll throw some more in. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, I think as everyone is curious, if there are, um, you know, what, what, how much of Shimmer and IOTA technology is going to be functioning on Suniverse on September 28th? And I know that's like this really broad question um, with everything that's going on, but I'm more curious, like, how will it change right away? I think you guys are, from my perspective, it seems like you guys are light years ahead of everybody else. Um, working in the in the space and maybe not light years ahead like you know there's other people who are doing a lot of work in this space but probably with different priorities um, and different timelines so I'm definitely curious what will change and if there's any requirements that are going to be like you know people are worried about KYC with regard to buying selling trading or withdrawing um, shimmer so any any information you know that yeah, would be I, I, yeah I can take on this one um I think we we started with um, preparing for Shim back in May. Um, and, and 
we had we had to do a few few steps before we could even start integrating with Shimmer. We we have been we have been ready to launch uh, our exchange on Shimmer since the end of August. Um, so when you actually when you're actually using our production version of Sunaverse, it it has all the functionality ready. It, it's just disabled right now because you know the Shimmer is not live. And uh, because uh, and then Shimmer wasn't we, we kind of were expecting the Shimmer would be launched around the end of end of August that that didn't happen so we 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 had the NFT functionality in work in works and um, that it has been that has been finalized and we are just doing final testing on that so um, on the 28th of September where we will launch we will launch um, both uh, our exchange on Shimmer and our NFT. Uh, marketplace on Shimmer, um, and um, and then in the background we we starting to work on uh, moving our reputation and our art system onto Shimmer as well, which we would like to launch somewhere in, uh, in October. So that means that uh, after that, the only thing that will be remaining will be the voting um, functionality. Yeah, and that all comes from the fact that we focused on. L1 development rather putting rather than putting off everything to L2. So that was a strategic decision that was driven by um, Adam's insight very early on. And because of that, that, you know, paying dividends all day long, right? So that was a, a really important sort of critical Eureka moment that allowed us to position ourselves in a way that uh, other projects have not because they're waiting for EVM. Um, it's a, it, it's the more, uh, it's the steeper incline to try to uh, negotiate and travel, but um, you know we're very fortunate we did that, and it's, it's the reason we're in the position we are. In terms of what you said earlier about KYC, that is really important to stay here. The only people that have to do KYC are the ones who are trying to sell tokens. So I know that there's some confusion in the community, and the fact that this is going out in October rather than and this September, I think people will already figured this out, but you know, let, let's, let's just sort of reiterate the fact that the only people who are currently um, KYCing is, are the people who are listing tokens. And this is the recommendation that we got from our legal team. All of the decisions we make in terms of jurisdictions, in terms of KYC, in terms of uh, uh, who to allow onto the platform come from legal advisors. This is not things that we're just sort of doing randomly um, with our fingers into the wind. We are we are we are making uh, choices based on uh, adv um, our advisors and our advisory groups. Awesome, absolutely uh, awesome uh, answers. Exceptional to hear. Um, thank you, guys. Um, I'll go ahead and pass it on. Uh, my last question, I guess, it would be: once everything's done, is it going to go from Sooniverse to to the Nowiverse? <laughs> yes well you know the, the the reason we're not doing that is because there's always something new so there's always something soon the only uh, difference between our team and the others is we deliver as we travel down that path awesome guys great explanations and great great questions for from uc3po um let's move it over to timson to see what question he has Hey, this is Timson from Timson Labs, and I bought my first NFT in my whole life on Sooniverse, not OpenSea or something. So really great job, guys. I really appreciate great. it. All right. Um, talking about Cordy side, um, there's a lot of FUD out there saying that IOTA is not fully decentralized. 
How do you rate the fact that IOTA has not been decentralized yet? Is that a concern for you? Um, you know, what the interesting part of yeah. the whole decentralized, centralized conversation inside of crypto is I think that you'll find that that, that is not a black and white answer, right? Um, or, or that the answer to what is decentralized and what is not um, it isn't as defined as people would make you think, right? Uh, what What is sort of the the level of decentralization that is appropriate, right? There are uh, some projects that are more centralized than others. And then there are some that they would be, that, that would be questioned as fully decentralized. The way we see it is that we are on a path towards decentralization. Obviously, Coordicide would be the most decentralized state for the network. But as we travel down the path to get there, which is why we say we're on the path toward decentralization with the IF, Shimmer is the next stop. And we are incredibly comfortable, excited, uh, and excited about the fact that um, we're moving towards getting away from the single point of failure, right? And getting yeah. towards um, a full de decentralization. So we're not concerned so much as excited about that journey and how we're finally getting off of the starting block Right, we've been we've been at, at step zero for so long, and now we get to take step one, and and that that's something to be really thrilled about. And I I don't want to focus so much on why don't we have this great thing at the very end. Let's instead get really excited about the fact that we're about to take step one as a community, as a protocol, as an ecosystem. You know. I mean, let's, um, but let's be honest about it. You know, we are IOTA project, right? Um, we are focusing, uh, we, we, we believe in IOTA, we, being, we believe in a long-term vision. And I, I believe Codicide will happen, right? Um, so we're working with that fact. Um, and so it's just it's just a matter of time when it will happen. And I think we are on a, you know, it seems like things are on a very good path for that to happen quite quite soon. So that's very positive. And it's just a matter of time for the decentralization to happen. But I really also want to emphasize what, um, you know, some said that there isn't such thing as, I mean, there are things as decentralization, but there's level of decentralization and you just, you really need to look at that. And then us uh, focusing on layer one, I also believe we, we kind of allow the, the higher level of decentralization for those assets that are there, then that you would see, for example, in layer two. I mean, also, I think if we would have early on taken the opposite decision, you know, we would have been still in a state of prototyping, 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 and not have launched anything. Right. And with the decision we made, we're in a much stronger position where it's, it's just simply a matter of, okay, well, now we decentralize versus okay, now we launch something for the first time and, and do that. So I think, you know, we've, we've come out of it with incredible strength of knowing that the system, the, the Sooniverse works. We've, we've exercised all of our functionality that we want to, and it's just a small matter, a technical matter to, to now um, descend, you know, move to the, as, as, Show said to to move to the the start step one decentralize and you know it's it's it's, it's for us not a, a complicated not reasonably complicated step. Yeah, and I think the saying is um, 
what is it? Um, perfect is perfect is the enemy of good, right? Like I think that we have a tendency, especially within this community, to demand absolute perfection, right? Because all of these ideas, all of these potential solutions, are still in that conceptual phase where it's all sitting in our heads, and because it doesn't, you know, fall within a particular definition of what we think it's supposed to exactly be like. You know, we, we sort of sit in our hands and have these intellectual debates. And that's the problem is if we're all sitting around and just having these conceptual arguments and waiting for perfect, we're not going to make progress. And that is not how business works. Well, we have to come up with that. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want to jump in, but this is not how software yeah. development works, right? So, <laughs> right. This is not right. how so, software development works by prototyping, prototyping, launch early, try, prototype, prototype, launch early. Um, and that's how you develop a good software, right? If, mm -hmm. if you're going to be sitting, sitting ducks and waiting for codicide to happen, then codicide happens and then they will, they will probably spend another several months to even just launch it, right? Yeah, exactly. What we, what we, what we are getting here is a huge head start and creating an immediate utility in Shimmer. And, you know, as I mentioned before, 90,000 NFTs are owned by people. 25,000 of them are owned by C3PO, as you mentioned. <laughs> and, um, but we, those will immediately be on the network, immediately creating this amazing utility. Imagine yeah. if we've seen this growth in Shimmer while it's still, you know, with, uh, without the codicide and it grows and then the codicide happens and immediately you have this huge ecosystem with this huge utility behind it. it the, it's so much more powerful to launch something like this than just a network. That's right. All right, very good answer. Thank you so much. Small question, long answer, but it's a complicated one. <laughs> um, maybe I may drop another one. Um, what's the most important improvement or feature of IOTA you are looking forward to and why? You mean on the, on the layer one or layer two? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, um, I think we, we had a quite a bit of talk before you guys joined, but we, we're quite certain that I, we believe that the, the layer one smart contracts or at least layer one scripting, uh, so scripting will happen. And then I think that will be the significant improvement and, uh, that, that, that we, we need. And we are looking into ourselves as well. And I think it will be the ma major competitive advantage for IOTA long term. Okay. I think that will be cool. like on the top of the list if you want me to give you like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm asking for the yeah. top one. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got another question, but uh, I think I pass it on. So the other others have the chance to ask their questions. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, we can do a, uh, if see anyone has the last one. Um, but we can move over to Henry. Yeah, hi. Hi, good evening, guys. Thank you, Thomas, for the possibility of being here. You're welcome. Um, I also got my first NFTs via Sooniverse. It was a really smooth experience there. Um, since the episode is probably long enough, I will just ask one small question. Um, my question would be a general one about Shimmer. Um, where do you see our shimmies after Stardust, Codicide, and also sharding? Maybe also sharding after I'm um, available on the IOTA mainnet. Um, do you believe that Shimmer can succeed in the long run as, um, for example, as a more community governed chain besides assembly? Yeah. I, I got confused. You said Shimmy. So you mean like a yeah, Shimmer, shimmer tokens, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I can't think of what you meant. It's a spectrum. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. 
um to be honest i don't know <laughs> just like you know you don't know uh, like i right now i uh, my take is you know shimmer will uh, open a lot of new opportunities that we can't do on the iota mainnet mainnet um once those features are brought on the iota mainnet um we would start seeing shimmer starting to adopt a lot of those new functions that from uh, that are, you know they are, they are part of the code side um um but would that be so different would that be so significant that we'll keep that higher activity in shimmer potentially yes you know um but i i guess this is for everyone to see that's that's my take i i, I don't i don't think i'm able to answer it so. Yeah, thank you. Really, really yeah, appreciate I, I mean, it. I, yeah, I think that there's going to be enough um, sort of intrinsic and lost value within the network that you're not going to see it disappear, if that's what you're asking. I mean, if you think about it, the time that the, the amount of time that's going to go in between you and I talking about this here, the, the launch of Shimmer on the 28th, and then the build out of assembly, if that's what they think you're going to see this as sort of the network killer, um, that's a significant amount of time there. So there's going to be a, a massive opportunity in terms of time, um, in terms of recruitment from other projects, from ourselves, building on Shimmer, um, that, that's going to keep that network alive. And I think I'd be incredibly surprised to see your shimmies, to see our Shimmer uh, sort of uh, uh, disappear into the ether. Um, but again, I, I think the reason that we're, we're being a little vague on this is no one really knows what's going to happen in crypto. Um, we don't have a lot of details, um, about how, uh, what's going to happen with assembly. Obviously it's one of the most, um, promising technological advancements within the Iota foundation. Um, but, uh, because we don't have that network to play with, because we don't know yet how all of those pieces are going to interact. We don't know what the feature is going to be, but I can tell you with absolute confidence that Shimmer is going to be explosive, both for the foundation, for our community, and for us. So this is this is the whole point of what we're doing, um, and this is where development is. And this kind of speaks to our original idea of not focusing on sort of conceptual ideas and focusing more on actual build, right? You you have to have tangible products tangible communities, actual activity on chain. And the longer that you have that activity, the more baked into the system it becomes, the stronger your chain, become, your chain becomes. So um, the, the best answer I can tell you is if we want Shimmer to survive, if we want it to thrive, we have to use it. We have to use it. So um, it, it's so long as that's happening at scale, then uh, you know the network will survive, full stop. Yeah, sounds like exciting times ahead. Thank you for your answers. Mm. Was that all the answers you had, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, great. I'm finished. Cool. Um, so then the last one, Anders. All right. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Welcome, mate. Thank you. So uh, yeah, first of all, I think as echoed by everyone here, um, amazing execution on the Zooniverse. Um, you guys basically built the platform that that got the community super excited about NFTs, um, myself included. So uh, just the amount of persons and the connections I now have 
because of your in a three idea it's uh, quite ridiculous so <laughs> great job with that um all right let's see what's left here um so we have exciting times ahead so i want to ask the right questions apart from the when soon moon right so um <laughs> <laughs> so uh let me get to it so um yeah so in, in my free time i i like to think about like you know web3 startup ideas or DAO projects that um that i might one day um live out um so so what we got me excited about your platform was that common for for all of my ideas is that they would actually benefit from building on top of the Sooniverse. so uh, one day right um so so my question is with a long introduction i guess um <clears throat> How many service modules do you have in, in the pipeline? Um, and are there some that you're especially excited about? Yeah, I believe right now we have five service modules in the pipeline. Um, Song, you can keep me honest on that one. And <laughs> they're pretty much all DeFi related. And I would say, I guess I can't speak to specifics about what it does um but it is a pretty interesting DeFi protocol i'd say that's my favorite one and the team behind it seems very capable yeah the only thing i would add is that there's also a couple more that are trying to be developed so there would be maybe um the five and then i I'd, I'd, I'd almost say there's about seven but the first the other two are are, are still early stage Oh, and you know, I, I would be I would be disappointed in myself if I did not say that um, Anders is the first holder of an NF3. Does everybody know this? Like Anders is the first person to organically yes. build an NF3. Before that, all it was all NFTs, and Anders created the first NF3, and then all of a sudden, all these other NF3s and uh, ultras started coming in. So he is a part of our history, and I, I just want to point that out. Yeah. Uh yeah, so thank you walls. so thank yeah thank you Anders you know that was yes, uh, it was so you. exciting when that happened because we saw it and then it, it became like this this moment where everyone got really excited because they realized it was happening and possible and then it just went crazy so so yeah. thank you man yeah 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 there was a running joke that if you wanted an nf3 you had to go through Anders <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and on top of that I think um, so I'm the one who does the, um, NF3 airdrop calculations and, you know, the odds of someone collecting an NF3 before they were tradable was, it was basically nothing. Like you would have had to accumulate so many NFTs to get an NF3, uh, like by accident essentially. And I think Anders actually got one. So I had to redo yeah. all of my calculations because of uh, how many he collected. I was like, there's no way. Fair enough, he did. <laughs> he he did evenly minted all three. Ander did it. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. super fun. Thanks for uh, all the, the, the fun things on the way. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, just to add on to the service module discussion, um, I'd be remiss not to mention iota b the decks that um is a service module with us incredibly capable team like very high tier oh very yeah professional love working with those guys so there will be you know a few decks on there obviously you know tangle sees great uh tangle swaps great but i directly work with iota b quite a bit and i gotta say very impressive so i just want to throw that in there for service modules 
Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Anders, did you have any other questions? Yeah, let let me try one. So um, yeah, so so you guys have done a lot of planning to to come where you are today. What um, what has surprised you the most while executing on the plan? Um, maybe where something has not gone to, yeah, as predicted. The market. Yeah, I actually point out a very specific one. Um, and I think it's really interesting for a lot of communities out there to understand they should and everyone should be aware of their tax obligation because it's very interesting when the market crash. Um, it can be it, it can be quite an interesting topic to to understand. Um, but um yeah, I think the market crash for me and um you know how we can uh, affect your productivity or how you know how you need to be ready to pivot yeah i mean i don't think people i mean i think some people remember the uh nf3 fundraise the market crashed almost immediately after that um and then continued to crash we did the token sale and then the market crashed we did the second token sale and then the market crashed so the volatility and everything that we did we made it so that we had to focus on startup principles um, in a way that was even more dramatic than all of our experiences in startups. And we all have a you know, significant amount of, of experience running startups. I had never worked on one where your runway was shortening, not because you, had, you were executing your plan or change in uh, the calculus around how you're bringing your products to your customers, but because the actual the actual income or the, uh, the 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 pool of money you'd come together was losing value. <laughs> I don't think anyone had ever uh, experienced that before, and to do so dramatically um, multiple times throughout throughout the year was something. Um, but fortunately, um, again, because we had experience, we uh, we planned appropriately. We we built out um, staffing plans and resource plans that could scale up or scale down based on these type of cataclysmic events. Um, it, 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 we had to execute those plans um, very, very early in the process, but fortunately we were able to do so and still continue to deliver product. So that, that really is a testament to the overall uh, planning and approach that we put into early. Um, um, I, I've been mentioning Adam throughout this uh, a lot, but uh, the reality is all of us had to do it for each of our specific areas. Adam just had the 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 biggest the the biggest task because he had to bring on the most actual physical resources. And by physical resources, I mean human beings that he had to hire. Um, but yeah, it, it was an incredible challenge. Mm. I, I know mine is. I, I get the, we get these posts where where Adam posts and he goes, "Hey, I just figured this out." And those always surprise me. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like every other day." And then we gotta wait. And then we gotta wait for him to reveal what he's figured out. And then it's like, "Okay." <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but this this was great. Uh, went a lot better than I thought when there's so many people involved in the in the chat here. Um, I think we can go for uh, one end. Uh, we are touching about one and a half hour already, so that's be the longest episode ever. Um, so with that, I'm just going Sorry to say a massive, that. massive thank you to the Soon Labs guys. I'm looking forward to what you guys have to to show for us uh, later this year and into the next year. And thank you guys um, 
Anders, Henry, C3PO and Simpson, thank you for taking the time. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than I told you to, uh, but thank you for waiting and joining and bringing wonderful questions. Uh, I was a little bit scared that you guys would just come, yeah, when moon, when more money. But it was uh, so quality. <laughs> so no, really uh, great, okay. great questions, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Sure, thank we you appreciate yeah, it. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Really so, honored to be on, on here. Thanks. Yeah. Um, who wants to say the magic words? I can say the words for him. Do we all know what it is, right? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I guess it's the, the when soon moon. No, not one. No, what? I, I lost the quiz. That's <laughs> get behind and get left behind, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining. Cheers. All right. Have a Cheers. good one. Cheers. See you guys. Cheers.